0: Welcome to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm your host, Lindsay Polaris, and today we have a special guest on the podcast. Joining me for this episode is former 49ers and Cal Golden Bears football play-by-play announcer, Joe Starkey. Joe, we met just a few weeks ago before your retirement from a storied radio career. How are you enjoying all the free time on your hands?
1: Well, you know, because of the nature of the business, it, it, it doesn't even affect me at this point because... Uh, since I'm only doing college games now, this would be the off-season no matter what. So what uh, I'm probably right. concerned about is along about July and August when everybody's getting revved right. up to go back into action, that will probably say, well, what am I going to do now, for God's sake?
0: <laughs> all right. So right now is a normal time for you to just be having a little extra time on your hands.
1: But that's fine because I can watch all the games.
0: I was reading through your long list of broadcasting awards, and it's a lengthy one. It's a great resume. Safe to say you've seen some football. Can you put into words what a joy it's been to cover the sport of football in the Bay Area for basically your entire career?
1: Yeah, it is, uh, it is absolutely phenomenal to be this lucky. I never I never thought this would happen. Um, I was I started out as a banker uh, working in Southern California when I left Chicago. I was offered a job on the West Coast got into uh, uh recruiting for mattel toys and then moved over to union bank and when i got to the bank though after a couple of years i just had this in the back of my head that somewhere along the line i'd like to take at least a run at sports see if it could work and uh i got uh some luck to happen along the way the uh california field hockey team needed a broadcaster in the fall of 72. i had spent a couple of years making tapes at the forum in l.a and at the oakland Califian Arena. And I thought they were good enough to at least submit to see if I get lucky. And I sent them to Charlie Finley and the people at KWN Radio and San Jose Station doesn't exist anymore. But somehow I got the job and uh, a few things had to fall into place over the years that uh, set me on the road to being able to broadcast the 49ers for 22 years.
0: Are there any similarities between banking and broadcasting?
1: well maybe some travel because i was a recruiter <laughs> but but that's about it and of course in in both uh, skills i guess you could say that if you're going to be a recruiter you also have to have some things that people are willing to listen to and respect and because you're trying to get them to join the organization and obviously when you do a sportscast uh, you want them to listen you want them to believe that you're telling them the truth that you're uh, dealing with integrity and uh, tell you things exactly as they are, and I think I've always done that.
0: You said a few things had to fall into place for you to eventually be a sports broadcaster for the San Francisco 49ers. When you got that news that you were going to get the nod to do that, do you remember that feeling?
1: Oh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I've been, been kind of almost waiting around for an opportunity like that because, for example, uh, while I was doing hockey for the Seals hockey team in the 70s. Um, I decided I I really want to take a run at football. And so I started sending out resumes, and I sent a resume, uh, not an exaggeration, literally to every single NFL team in the country. And, uh, see, maybe I'll get lucky. And I did, because uh, uh, in the offseason between 76 and 77, I got a call from the Minnesota Vikings, and they asked me if I would be interested in uh, doing the games in Minnesota. They got one of my tapes. And it was an interesting situation because they told me that this is a one-year hire because they had a, a guy named Ray Scott, who many uh, in the audience might remember, he was always the voice of the Packers. But he had left Green Bay, and he'd gone to Tampa to do the, uh, the Tampa team in the NFL, which was quite new at that point. And, but he had a contract that said he could leave at the end of the '77 season and go back to Minnesota. So very upfront, they said, this is a one-year job. Do you want to take it? I said, well, of course, it's the NFL. It'll get me started and give me an opportunity. And that opportunity uh, paid off uh, big time a few more years later. when KGO Radio, I got the rights to the uh, 49ers, and I was able to uh, join uh, Lon Simmons and Wayne Walker as the third man on the broadcast in, uh, in 1987.
0: So you were with the 49ers from 1987 to the end of that 2008 season, if I'm correct. You got to see the height of the Cowboys-49ers rivalry. Can you educate us on what that was like in the early 90s? Oh, it
1: really was absolutely incredible. In fact, you know, it's interesting that um, if, you're, if your association is with the 49ers in that rivalry, uh, Dallas is the ultimate enemy. <laughs> you know, they cost us far too many games. In fact, uh, one story that I think is, is sort of fits the situation. Uh, several years ago, uh, my wife and I were on uh, coming home from a trip uh, to Florida, and we had to go uh, change planes in Dallas. And as we walked to the Dallas airport, uh, my wife looked at me and says, what's the matter with you? She says, you've you got to look on your face like you want to shoot somebody. And I said, well, you're probably right, because I hate everything about Dallas. <laughs> you know? uh, for example, the one year I did the Vikings, uh, the Vikings got to the NFC title game and lost to Dallas. So I missed the Super Bowl there. A couple of times as a 49er broadcaster, we didn't get to the Super Bowl because of Dallas. So they have cost me several Super Bowl opportunities, and I have. No love for Dallas at all.
0: (laughs) On the record, absolutely no love from Joe Starkey for the Dallas Cowboys. In that 20-year gap of not seeing the Cowboys in the playoffs, do you think that that rivalry has kind of toned down or not so much?
1: I'd I'd be surprised if – well, it probably depends on age, too, because uh, if you've been around as a 49er fan for a significant amount of time, you know the whole history. You go back to to obviously uh, the first – Uh, Classic game when Dwight Clark uh, steals the game with that uh, incredible pass in the 1981 uh, playoffs. The great pass from Joe Montana that Dwight has to go way up in the air to catch and uh, starts the Niners dynasty beginning uh, because Dallas had owned the Niners pretty well before that. In fact, they'd beaten them a couple of times in NFC championship games that kept the Niners from getting the championship and to uh, Super Bowl. And so that uh, was the catalyst that turned the rivalry into something very special. There is an entire history of bad feelings between the team that uh, are probably stronger than they are in a lot of rivalries, And it's surprisingly so because they're not in the same division where you play them twice every year.
0: Joe, I have to ask, what is your memory of last season's 2021 Wild Card matchup? And do you anticipate Dallas looking for a total revenge game in this NFC divisional round on Sunday?
1: Well, I think you know, inevitably when you, when you play a team over and over again in a short period of time, uh, the rivalry gets far more intense. If they're spread out over a long period of time, you don't know a lot about them. you're really having a chance to build up the nastiness, so to speak. I think that does make a difference. And so I think that uh, because of what happened last year, the intensity of the game is likely to be very, very strong. And I know 49er fans above all else, if there's anybody they want to beat in the entire NFL, It's definitely the Cowboys. I think that rivalry, uh, because it has involved so many NFC championship games, it made the difference for so many years where one or the other got to the Super Bowl. I think this is a really special relationship.
0: Because last year's game was so competitive, it was under different circumstances, though, took place in Texas. This time around, it's going to be at Levi Stadium. What type of atmosphere do you expect from the fans here on Sunday?
1: Well, I love the San Francisco fans because they're they are uh, they're very vocal, but they're very, you know, they, they play it straight. Uh, they're not not—they're not nasty. Um, I, I think everybody shows a lot of class. You know, our places where rivalries get to the point where they're just nasty and ugly and there are fights that break out and all those kind of things. But I think the 49er fans have always shown great integrity and class in all rivalries over the years that they've had with various teams. And I think that uh, they'll cheer like crazy for their team and hope they win. And uh, hopefully nothing uh, beyond that will happen, and it'll uh, be a happy day for our side.
0: You obviously traveled with the team throughout all those years. Can you kind of quantify how much of a difference home field advantage really is?
1: I think it means a heck of a lot because there's there's an atmosphere around the home game where everybody's cheering for your side that definitely lifts up the players. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think think there's nothing coincidental about the fact that in virtually every major sport, teams tend to play better at home than they do on the road. Sometimes you can use that. Uh, Coaches have been able to, through the years, always kind of create an atmosphere if they're on the road saying, you know, everybody out there is going to hate us. Uh, They're going to bully you like crazy. They're going to treat you like dirt. So you use that as a weapon to win the game. But I think the greatest uh, weapon is to have the home team crowd Uh, screaming your names and cheering for you, I think that has a major impact and often can make the difference in a game if it's close because I think it keeps the players at a high level. They generate that intensity from the fans, and I think it keeps them going even when things look like they're tough.
0: So looking ahead specifically to this upcoming matchup on Sunday, the Cowboys have a number of offensive weapons. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott on the ground, CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz through the air, among so many others. What challenges does their balanced attack present for the 49ers? Well, you know, right now, I think the
1: 49ers have created a team right now that is absolutely outstanding in so many different categories. We have, uh, we have pro bowlers on defense. We have pro bowlers on offense. We have great balance. I think that we're getting great leadership from the coach. I think that right now the team is at a, at a, in many ways at a peak because they believe in themselves. Their uh, quarterback it has become one of the great stories in sports, uh, what he's accomplished so far. Uh, and the matchups I think are close, but I really think the 49ers, uh, I really think they have more talent right now. I think that the edge, and particularly uh, since the uh, – Uh, getting uh, our running back uh, from Stanford here uh, coming back to the (laughs) Bay Area has been an incredible uh, plus for San Francisco. That's one of the great signings, and I think in many ways transformed the team and makes them a much stronger product.
0: I think it's no coincidence that they are undefeated since Christian McCaffrey has been fully unleashed. (laughs) Um, Speaking a little bit more on Dallas, Dak Prescott and his offense coming up their best game of the year, arguably four touchdown passes for him thrown against Tampa Bay, 143.3 passer rating. What does the 49ers defense have to do to make sure that Dallas does not repeat that production again on Sunday? Well, I do think that there is a danger there because as good as our defense is,
1: I think that when we've been burned, it's usually been by a passing quarterback where somebody has uh, been able to do, uh, do some things in the air. That you might not expect. But I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to, above all else, keep the pressure on he's, uh, he's, he's got to be running for his life on a regular basis. Because I think he is dangerous, he's got talent, and certainly capable of a big game. He's shown that uh, for quite a while now. So, uh, But if you keep the heat on him, I don't think that they can match us uh, stride for stride in scoring.
0: Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off in free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. You touched upon Brock Purdy's historic rise, and now he is undefeated in his seven appearances for San Francisco. In all your years of broadcasting, I'm sure you've seen Unconventional stories, but how unique is the season that is brewing here in Santa Clara?
1: Oh, I think it's uh, it's it's a book, a movie. (laughs) You know, really, it's the kind of thing like uh, the movie about that uh, Notre Dame. uh, What was that years ago, where they had the uh, the kid come off the bench and uh, be the quarterback for Notre Dame and win some games? I think he's in that category. I mean, um, I'm very familiar with the history of the uh, uh, the irrelevant. role that he fills as the final draft pick because the man who started that program is a former 49er. I don't know if people remember that uh, or even know that.
0: I did but not know that.
1: By a former 49er uh, years ago and uh, turned the irrelevant, uh, irrelevant bowl into something special. They had a great party in the off-season for them. And history says that the odds uh, are real high that if you're the last pick in the NFL draft, you're not likely to be on a roster for very long. And so that what he has accomplished is nothing short of sensational. And yet when you see him play, it's what you start looking at it and say, well, how did he ever get to be last? He has such control. He's got the, the discipline. He understands the offense. He he reads things well. He's made some mistakes as any rookie will. But I think in the big picture, he really has an amazing grasp of the offense in a very short time.
0: What growth have you seen in him from his first start against Tampa Bay in week 14 to now preparing to make his first or second playoff start, I should say. Oh, well, I think that
1: what, what happens to any athlete and maybe maybe almost in any profession, if you have success, success builds upon success and you start believing in yourself. So if you draft as the last man in the NFL, you're probably thinking, wow, can I even get a job on a roster? Can I get to the practice squad? Will I ever get an opportunity? And so he got his opportunity. And what he's done with it is nothing short of phenomenal because – Let's get real here. If he'd had even one bad game out of his first two where nothing was working, there's pretty good odds that he would never uh, move to the position he is now. And we had to be sharp from the beginning. He was getting his, his chance to be uh, like an understudy, an understudy on Broadway, a chance to get out there and show what you can do. And he delivered. And so now he's building with confidence every game. And even better, he's got the confidence of all his teammates. Everybody believes it. I'm sure that even if they saw him in practice and he looked good, you got to show it to me, pal, on, an, on the field. And he's done that.
0: You touched upon just the dominant defense that San Francisco's had this year. They closed out the regular season as the top ranked defense. Can you speak to just top to bottom the immense talent that is on that side of the ball? Well, I think, again, that's a testament to the 49ers front
1: office. And uh, as you said a year ago, this team would be in such a perfect situation i think a lot of people would be a little skeptical uh because they say oh yeah well they got some players but it isn't coming together yet and all that i think that they knew what they wanted they went out and got it uh, they filled in the gaps where they needed to and now it is a complete team i don't think there's many people who in the NFL, who cover the nfl watch the nfl who don't believe that the 49ers strength may be almost better on defense because than it is on offense. As much as we've gotten better on offense and sending some guys to the Pro Bowl, I think the defense is just sensational right now. They are they're as good as some of the uh, 49er defenses of the past that were key to
0: Super Bowls. Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off in free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. That's actually what I wanted to ask you. How does this 2022 49ers defense compare to some of the greats that you've seen throughout your career?
1: Um, right now, I would say they right right up there. I mean, we've had you know, we've had individual stars and superstars with great sack uh, records, and uh, several guys in the Hall of Fame. I mean, uh, uh, Brian Young just uh, went in, as we know. Um, there's a whole history of 49 ers defenses that were every bit as important to their success as the offensive side of the ball. And this group uh, looks to me like they could be in, in that category for a few more years.
0: So much to look forward to here. And Joe, will you be joining us on Sunday? I forgot to ask.
1: Oh, I will be watching you on television and cheering.
0: <laughs> okay. And just to close this thing out, what's your prediction for Sunday? I I don't think that they can keep us off the scoreboard. And I don't think they're going to get a lot of points. So I could see something like maybe, first of all, we have a great kicker too. Okay? Yep. So I can see 49ers getting 28 to 31 points, and I can see Dallas being held to 14 to 17. Oh, we love that prediction. All right. Well, that is the prediction for the ninth postseason meeting between the Dallas Cowboys and the 49ers from longtime broadcaster Joe Starkey. Joe, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I'm delighted to be part of it, and go Niners. Thanks for tuning in to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Manscaped to be featured in the next episode. Submit your questions to 49ers.com mailbag. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can be the first to listen to our latest episodes.